back to the Gods to Ghosts Volleyball podcast and your host, Scott Bemke, for the fourth and final part of our interview with Jan Kvalheim. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that we have a website dedicated to the history of the sport, and that is www.godstoghosts.com. All right, let's pick up with the fourth and final part of our interview with Jan. And bigger defensive players, when we started to play in the early 90s, there were Semarco uh, from Brazil. He started to, or when uh, Emmanuel started to play, he played with Semarco. He was so amazing to play against, and it was fun to play against him because he um, he had he didn't look that technical, but he he uh, dug so many shots and so many hard hits. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only did he dig the ball, but he was also good to kill the ball uh, afterwards. He could always transition. Uh, it's one thing to dig it, yeah. but another thing to to convert. Yeah, yeah. And and if a, if a spectator watched a match where Samarco played, he wouldn't have noticed Samarco because he didn't hit hard, he didn't uh, serve hard, he didn't. Uh, but he made he made some spectacular defensive plays, but. Uh, uh, but if you look at the stats after the match where uh, Marco played, he, he was amazing. And the same thing with uh, Martin Konda. Like I said, he's, uh, he had a good uh, arm when he, um, at the net, but he was also really good defending the ball. He had great technique and great, amazing ball control. Uh, from, uh, from France, uh, I have Jean-Philippe Jodard, who, is, who was also a very, very good friend of mine on the tour. He was... Uh, I call it unorthodox player. Uh, he was a typical two against two beach volleyball player, but uh, he adjusted to the game very good. And he was a smart player. He could reach uh, the arm of the attacker very good. And Sinjin, um, I, I can also just tell something about uh, Sinjin on, on the hitting uh, list, because in 1994 and 1995, we had a guy from the Olympic Committee and the Norwegian Volleyball Federation following us on every tournament. And he was doing the video on uh, all the teams on the FAW tour and he, he made stats on a computer. And uh, he, so when we played against any team, we could see their last 15, 20, 25 matches and we see the hitting stats from, from these players. Mm-hmm. And when we watched all the players, they all had, they hit all the angles on the court. But when we um, clicked on Sinjin Smith and his stats, he either hit line or he hit angle. 
so so it was just amazing to watch and I, when i saw that stuff i was i was saying to myself okay this guy he he has understood the sport because any of uh, of other other players uh, we hit all over the court uh, always but he was so good watching the defensive player and see when should he hit line when should he hit uh, angle so so that's just a fun um, point about uh, Sinjin as a as a hitter mm-hmm. but, but Sinjin was also a great defensive player and like Jodar from France he was really good uh, to watch the arm from the other uh, from the attacker so uh, it, it was good to read to read the arm and to read uh, the play the best blockers John Child from Canada who are who's also also a really good friend of mine he's not that big but he has a great timing he was good to watch the approach from the attacker he was good to read the arm and uh, his uh, blocking stuff was uh, amazing and uh, no one should believe that they should win the bronze in the Olympics uh, before the Olympic tournament but they played so well in that tournament and John had so many good blocks like I said he wasn't that spectacular but when you watch the stats after the game John made so many blocks uh, Franco Neto from Brazil not that big but really good timing as well and we played so many matches against them and uh, he, he got he blocked a lot of times mm-hmm. the first time I played against Ricardo from Brazil uh, that was a match to 15 points and I think Ricardo blocked me seven or eight times <laughs> and uh, it, it was the first time I saw him it was the first time first tournament I watched him and when we play them, uh, because I, I've been playing against some tall blockers before that match, but uh, Ricardo just killed me in that match. He was one of the best blockers on the tour for many, many years. And uh, I think, he, does he still play on the AVP now? I think he was still playing as of like last year. He was, uh, uh, I, I don't know, he's not a young uh, young buck anymore but he was still doing okay even for you know being yeah. i think in his in his 40s so yeah i've seen him play he was a quite a specimen to put it mildly him and rego when they were yeah. on their game uh were quite the yeah. quite the team yeah and uh, another guy from brazil uh para he was difficult to play against because when he jumped in block he went all the way down and uh, he had a, a strange jump but he was so good in timing the block. He wasn't that tall, but he had good jump ability and a great read and a good timing. Um, Esteban Martinez from Argentina, who is also a very good friend of mine, uh, didn't jump that, uh, that high. Uh, wasn't that spectacular, but so smart. And he, he, has, he had also a bronze from indoor volleyball in the Olympics. And uh, he was good indoor and good out outside uh, on beach volleyball. And his blocking ability was uh, really amazing. A great read. And uh, like I said, I should have had more U.S. players on that uh, this list, but um, uh, I, I just had to pick someone. <laughs> and um, uh, and I didn't play that ma- many matches against U.S. players outside uh, or uh, other than Sinjin and, and Carl. That that was most. Uh, we played many matches against them, but we didn't play that many matches against other U.S. players. Of course, there are so many great blockers from, from the U.S., from the ADP tour, uh, of course. The best players, Emmanuel from Brazil, 
Coach Kirai from US, Xinjin from US, Ricardo from Brazil, and Samarco from Brazil. These are the players which I played against and I uh, was watching that really impressed me as outstanding players who have all played. They were good serving, good passing, good setting, good uh, hitting, good blocking, or, and good defending, and um, smart, smart players. And also <coughs> added a list with spectacular players. And these are players I would have uh, loved to watch and I would pay to watch these players <laughs> to play again. Uh, all right, that's yeah, uh, well, if was, you'd pay to, to watch them, I'm looking forward to hearing this. So fire away, let's yeah, hear and, uh, Yeah, and uh, some of the names have already, already been mentioned, but there was a guy from Brazil, his name is Benjamin. Okay. Uh, a strange guy, he didn't speak English, so I never, I never talked to him. But I, he was the, just a fun player to watch. He was um, uh, when I watch tennis matches, I like to watch tennis players who does some things that uh, the other player doesn't do. Uh, he had some shots, he had some plays, he had some things that was just amazing, uh, and he was fun to watch. He was a strange guy, but uh, really fun to uh, to watch. Marcio from Brazil. Very spectacular. Uh, he did some. He hit hard from five or six meters away from the net. He, he killed that ball. Loyola, the same player uh, like Marcio, uh, and also Harley from Brazil. Uh, th this makes it four players from Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, Harley was also fun player to watch. He 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 liked to talk to the audience. He liked to create a, uh, a great ambience on the court with the other players and with the referee, with the, with the audience or with the spectators. And Martin Conda from Argentina, technique and his ball control was uh, was just amazing. And um, all these five players, they made some shots and, and made, they made some plays that uh, was just, the plays they made, they, they wasn't in the book. You read, <laughs> read about the How the heck did they pull that off? Well, I've always loved, but, but that uh, in in other sports as well, in tennis or in soccer or uh, basketball or any other sport, I like the players who does some things that and no other players does, uh, both the serve or defense or hitting or uh, yeah. So um, those f five players, uh, I like to watch them. So that was uh, kind of and, and I regret that there are no. Of course, there should have been more U.S. players there, but I didn't play that many matches against U.S. players. Uh, but of course, we watched them on the on VHS tapes, or we watched them uh, on TV. Uh, of course, there should have been more U.S. players there. So this is not just a lack of respect, but it's I just had to play, pick the players I played against the most. Sure, and well, yeah, so being that, that you didn't play on the AVP, but that one tournament. And only a handful of AVP guys came over and played on the FIVB because of the oil and water thing that we'll get to here shortly. That makes sense. Uh, before we move on to the next question, um, I would be curious. You got me curious now about Benjamin <laughs> being the uh, the interesting guy that he is. Was there a particular play that you can think of that he did with, that uh, just sticks out in your head as far as like what he did on the court that kind of just left you shaking your head? If I if I see a set or as a blocker, 
when you see the set and when you see the approach of the attacker, you kind of know what range of hits you're going to uh, meet. Mm-hmm. And you can think, okay, he's, he's, he's either going to do this or he's going to do that. But Benjamin, he made, no, no, he's doing the opposite. He makes, he is making, he was hitting, like Marshall, he hits hard from five meters, but also defends, uh, it, it was so spectacular. Um, and, and I regret that he didn't speak English because I was, he was, I was very curious, curious about him. Uh, how he saw the game, why he why he played like he did, but like I said, he didn't speak that well uh, English at that time, and so I didn't talk to him. Uh, but I would, if he if he was going to play, I, I was going to that court to watch that game. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, outstanding. Now um, you know there's there's been a, a lot of animosity here in America about the rule changes in the sport, you know, the AVP and beach volleyball um, grew and became this amazing sport here in America. And then uh, all of a sudden the FIVB came along and then there was the riff and um, the change in the rules, the court size uh, shrinking, going to rally scoring, etc. So um, I'd be curious, from my perspective and some people's, a lot of people's perspective, it wasn't good for the game um, for a number of reasons, which we won't get into. However, uh, from your perspective as an international player, I'm sure you have a, a different viewpoint and some good things to, um, about it that you can bring to our attention. So I'm going to give you the floor here to talk about what your, your thoughts on, are on the FIVB and what it's done for the sport, Jan. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to give a short or long answer here, but um, <laughs> in, in my opinion, uh, okay, um, America and the U.S. and the ADP, you guys invented the sport, and uh, all the other players and federations all around the world, the National Volleyball Federation and the Olympics, we have so much to thank the ADP for. Uh, you invented the sport and you created uh, a sport that was so spectacular, and so amazing. And then at, in the um, middle or in the beginning of the 80s, so many other players and uh, countries around the world started to play beach volleyball. It was developed all around the world and it became a success. And the FRVB started the world tour, uh, first in Brazil with the world championship, 10 or 15,000 people, a spectacular event. Then it became an Olympic sport that was so important. It was a huge success in the Olympics in '96 uh, in Atlanta and uh, Sydney uh, 2000 and all and all the other Olympics uh, after. But like many many big sports, um, especially I'm, I'm from Norway, winter sport, skiing, Nordic skiing, uh, ski jumping, alpine skiing. There has been so many changes in in uh, every sport, both in soccer, in handball, and also volleyball. And I, I think that uh, many of the changes that was made was good for the sport. And I'm naive to believe that those guys making those changes was doing these changes to make the sport more spectacular, better for media, better for TV, better for the fans and spectators. 
and uh, maybe it's not perfect, but the changes that has been made has made the sport uh, better. And um, like I said, I, in no absolutely no disrespect of the ADT and the US players, but you guys started it and invented it. But I think that the international federation with the uh, Olympics and uh, and, uh, and many other persons uh, developed the sport further. Uh, beach volleyball is one of the first sports in the Olympics being sold out. Yeah. And it, it's a huge success. And I'm part of many Facebook groups where, uh, where I see that so many Americans write uh, bad things about the SRVB and uh, the, the rules, the ball, and Xinjiang, and the FRVB. Uh, but w when I started to play on the FRVB tour, uh, when we went to to play on one ADP event, uh, we knew that, okay, we have to play with a new ball, so we have to adapt. But when we felt that when ADP players came to play on the SRVB tour, they were complaining about the ball, the rules, the level of the players, the setting level of the players was terrible. Mm -hmm. I was hearing so much, so many things that was bad, and they were uh, they were only criticizing uh, <laughs> everything. And I was kind of frustrated about all that because when we went to the U.S., we adapted and we, and we okay. You guys, we have, you have that ball, these rules, okay, we have to adapt. But if you guys, or if the ADP players were going to play on the FRB, okay, you have to do the same thing. You have to adapt to our rules, our ball, and the, the system of, of the game. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, ha I had some um, arguments with some ADP players uh, over the years, uh, in the 90s. In my opinion, I don't think that the ADP players, they don't show, because Finjian, he has done so much for the sport um, as a player, and him and Randy has been so uh, important for the sport in the US. Mm -hmm. Finjian has done so many things uh, regarding the FRB, the World Tour, to uh, being an ambassador, traveling all around the world to, prom to promote the sport, but also getting the sport into the Olympics. And uh, I don't think that uh, the US players uh, are seeing uh, all the things that Shinjin and the FRB have done well. So uh, I have many, many uh, thoughts about this, and it has been frustrating me and maybe kind of a mad sometimes when I see that the, the Americans are still complaining about the rules and the ball and uh, the system of the Olympics. And uh, But like I said, my, my short version is U.S., you invented the sport, but the FRB uh, developed it, and for me, it, they have developing developing it to a better uh, or in a better way. So that's uh, my take on that. <laughs> All right. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you don't have to apologize for <laughs> telling it like it is, and it's there's a, a lot of people that have the same perspective as you it's kind of uh you know one side of the fence or the other and maybe uh, i think uh, some people didn't really look at realize those points that you brought up so 
But definitely, yeah, when it comes to Sinjin, I mean, I remember uh, seeing him as, you know, when I was 15 and go to the beach here in Milwaukee for Bradford Beach and he would be out at the whatever place to promote the sport the night before the tournament and signing autographs and um, really great on that end. I think he's just uh, relentless with that um, and has never stopped to this day being an ambassador and promoting the sport. It's He's, uh, he's a force of nature when it comes to, to this sport, that's for certain. So thanks for sharing on that front. That was uh, a, a great perspective from a, a successful international player uh, that played on the FIVB. So thanks, Jan. Can I just add something? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like I said, maybe the system is not perfect, and I'm well aware, aware of, but the FIVB hasn't done perfectly either. Uh, I remember when, after the Olympics in 1996, we were some FIVB players sitting in a hotel, and uh, uh, after that beach volleyball has been Olympics, or, or a success in the Olympics, we were kind of thinking, okay, where is our sport? Where is beach volleyball in 20, 25 years? Uh, will it be like, not, maybe not like the ATP in tennis, but will we have 50 tournaments, FIVB tournaments in a year with one, one million, five million dollar US um, dollars in prize money mm-hmm. or 10 million US dollars in prize money. But now in 2021, there are not more tournaments than it was in 96 or in 2000. There are not that much more prize money. And it's, uh, in my opinion, FIVB could, be, could do more to making the sport more spectacular and more um, because if you if you want to, uh, if you want to promote uh, or if you want to organize a FRVB event, it's so expensive and it's so uh, difficult. So many promoters all around the world they they see the handbook that they receive from FRVB and they understand okay this is too, too much work. This is too expensive. <laughs> okay, we're going to do a we're going to do a basketball tournament or a tennis tournament or a beach soccer event instead of because it's easier and it's it's um, less expensive. So I, I think that FRB could have done much much more, uh, making the sport uh, bigger all around the world. But uh, so that's also my uh, ingenious opinion. So I'm just I'm not uh, just saying great things about FRB and bad things about uh, ADP, but both ADP and FRB have some great things for the sport and we, the players, we should, we should uh, uh, thank FRB and the ADP especially to, to, for all they have done for the sport. But like I said, now in 2021, there are as many tournaments uh, as it was in 1997 or 98. So we, the sport could have been much more uh, improved uh, worldwide uh, in more tournaments and more prize money, etc., etc. Well, who's ever running it now is going to listen to this, and they're not going to want to piss off Dolph Lundgren, a.k.a. Jan Falheim, <laughs> and they're going to get right on this, and it's going to improve, and we're going to give you all the credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, now as far as, uh, you know, your career, you've had uh, quite an impressive career, some big wins and some heartbreaks with the uh, Olympics. Uh, When you look back on it, though, Jan, what are you most proud of from your days as a competitor, and how would you like to be remembered for uh, history? 
it's kind of hard to say, but uh, I'm proud of coming from Norway. Uh, and having reached a good level on the beach volleyball arena, uh, because it's not that uh, normal that a guy from Norway or a team from Norway uh, compete in a sport that is not well known in Norway. So um, that was kind of special for us to being a Norwegian guy and, and uh, for Bjorn and me to to be good players and a good team uh, on the FIVB World Tour. Uh, but I'm also proud of having, or even now, in, in um, it's first time I met Bjorn was 31 years ago, and we are still best friends today. Yeah, I saw that picture of you guys um, hanging out the other day for his birthday. You, you guys dressed like fraternal yeah. twins. <laughs> you both have the polo, the polo pullovers and everything. You guys look like yeah, you yeah. could still play too. Damn it! Bottle that up. You guys look uh, look pretty uh, yeah. way younger than you are. Well done. Yeah, but, and we played together for ten years, and uh, there are not that many players who played that long together because we traveled 250 days a year and we stayed in the same hotel room for 10 years uh, but we um, we did some good things between us uh, we have respect for each other we accepted each other and um, we, we went through so much together both ups and downs that uh, we did some good things on the human side and uh, being a best friend today that's I, I kind of proud proud of that I'm not sure how I want to be remembered, but it's it's hard for me to say. The people who have watched me, they have watched me, and they they have they have different opinions about me as a player, but also as a person. I think there are some people who like me, and there are some people who don't like me, and there are some people who think I'm kind of arrogant. Uh, Most arrogant player. Most arrogant player. <laughs> the map. <laughs> when you went into Dolph mode. <laughs> but but uh, if I could choose, uh, I I want to be remembered as a, a player who I um, I went my own way. Uh, I I didn't go to the gym and work out. I I was I'm, I'm weak. Uh, my I don't have any muscles on my body. <laughs> but I I I hit very hard. But I I went all in on uh, the stats and analyzing. Uh, uh, thing. Uh, I was analyzing my game, the other players' game, and I'm doing stats, uh, and I try to be very focused on, on the stats. So that I, I really think that that helped me. Oh, absolutely. Now, do you know, um, you know, regarding your career and what you're proud of and how you'd like to be remembered? Um, there's the, the those young guys from Norway right now, Anders Moll and Christian Sorum, have pretty much taken the sport by storm. Um, so, what do you know about them? Have you communicated with them at all? Were you guys an inspiration to them? And then, uh, what do you think of them as players? I haven't watched them a lot, but from what I've heard, they are the real deal, and they're young kids. And uh, you know, I'm I'm sure being uh, fellow Norwegians, they. Are probably well aware of of you and Bjorn for you know paving the way for for uh, these young guys now. Yeah, and uh, Bjorn and I we, we know them uh, really well. And their coach is the father of Anders Moll. His name is Kordemul. And both Bjorn and I we played with him and we played against him uh, in the eighties and nineties. 
So we know the guys, we know the, the family, and like I said many times, they are really, really good players, but they are also really good guys. They are humble, they uh, been having some results now for the last three or four years that have been amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to do the commentary on the Norwegian TV for the Olympics here, and I'm going to do the commentary on all the matches of them, Wood and Soren. And I'm so looking forward to that. Oh, uh, wow. I know it's going to... Yeah, and I know it's going to be a really, really tough tournament, but uh, they are one of four or five teams, maybe more, who can win that tournament. But uh, I'm so looking forward to it. And uh, the blocking of Anders Moll is just amazing. Not only he's tall, he has a good reach, but he's, he's also a really smart player. And uh, Christian Sorum, like I said, if you, as a spectator, watch Norway play, you... you you are watching Anders Small and his blocking ability and his hitting abilities. But uh, Christian Søren is not that spectacular. But if you watch the stats after the game, he's just amazing. He he digs so many balls and mm-hmm. he hits, uh, he has seventy percent kill uh, in his uh, hitting. Uh, he's attacking. So he's as a team, they are so amazing. And um, I have also talked to them about if you're going to play well together. You have to prepare yourself mentally that maybe we're going to play together for 10 or 15 years. Uh, because it's easy to play when you win, but you're going to have some ups and downs and you're going to get sick and tired of your uh, teammates. But you have to really <laughs> focus also on uh, the things that happen outside the court uh, when you're training or playing. Just like you're any relationship, you got to work on it, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, you have to be prepared that Maybe one day you're going to be uh, sick and tired of uh, your teammates, but um, communication, communication, communication is so important in that matter. Well, yeah, you and Bjorn uh, exemplified that. Here you are 31 years later and still buddies. I got a kick out of that, that one day when I messaged you and you were going to meet him to reminisce about old times. <laughs> that was pretty neat. Now, isn't, doesn't Bjorn have something, you know, I, I don't speak uh, Norwegian or understand the language when I read it on uh, Facebook, so I don't know what's going on, but it looks like he's got some really neat athletic facility. I don't know if that's something, uh, an endeavor he opened up or if it's, you know, Pickleball, paddle tennis. Um, no, do you want to share with us what that what that neat thing is that he's got going yeah. on there now, and where it is? Two about no, three months ago, Bjorn, me, and a guy called Tour Huso. He's the world uh, champion uh, cycling in 2010 or 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have started um, a paddle tennis chain here in Norway. So now we have two centers. With, uh, uh, eight courts in Sandnes in on the west coast. Uh, eight courts uh, here close to Oslo, and within in April May we're going to have three more centers around Norway, and we hope to have ten centers around uh, Norway uh, this year. And paddle and or so sometimes it's called paddle, sometimes it's called paddle tennis. But paddle is uh, something between tennis and squash, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really big in Argentina and Mexico and also in Spain and now it's uh, getting bigger all around Europe. In Sweden it's really big sport. John and I we played paddle the first time five or six years ago in Sweden and uh, we've been playing 
uh, ever since. And I love the sport, and uh, we want to give more Norwegians the possibility to play this this sport. And uh, Bjorn is also known here in Norway to have cre- created big chain of with uh, a gym, um, physical training uh, facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Bjorn has a lot of um, uh, experience in the workout business. Sure. And um, so, so this is quite new. We have only doing it for three months, but now we have two centers and three more coming up now in April, May. So we are talking to each other almost daily with this new project. So that's our new thing here. I saw some of the photos. It looks like a beautiful facility. So that's nice. Uh, Going to be a great outlet for uh, the um, citizens of the country to be able to have a, a fun sport to participate in. So I'm glad that you guys are giving him that outlet to do that. Uh, here's the most important question. When you guys play paddle tennis and compete against one another, who wins, you or Bjorn, and be honest? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna uh, listen to this. <laughs> if you're kicking his butt, you should just say so. Yeah, I've been crushing him, or if he's um, he's crushing you, say it. You know, I'm, just come clean with me here, yeah, Jan. I'm <laughs> <laughs> way to put you on the spot, right? <laughs> in my opinion, as a humble uh, 58-year-old Norwegian, I'm uh, a little bit better than Bjorn in paddle. Uh, but Bjorn is a little bit or uh, a lot better than me in many, many, many other things now. Uh, <laughs> he's been better in uh, keeping his body in shape. He, he's much better uh, in physical shape now uh, than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in paddle, I'm the better player as it is of now. Uh, in, in my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Touche. Uh, yeah, I was looking at you with your uh, your long uh, your long build that I'm sure you're able to get to some of those balls that some other people might not be able to with that reach. So that's some good stuff there. Um, all right, and then for my uh, final question for you here, you kind of touched on this a little bit with these uh, the paddle uh, tennis um, facilities, but what are you up to nowadays? What uh, part of Norway are you uh, officially living in? Uh, do you have a family, wife, kids? Um, and then, you know, what kind of hobbies you enjoy doing, uh, you know, uh, to round out your, out your life these days, Jan? Yeah, job, uh, I, I work with many sports and TV-related projects now. I, I do the casting for many celebrity TV shows here in Norway. Since I have a really good network with Norwegian celebrities, both sports and any other um, business. Uh, so I do the casting to maybe eight or 10 TV shows uh, per year. Nice. And uh, uh, one year it's maybe five shows, and uh, the other year it's eight or 10 TV shows. So it's. Uh, uh, it's not that um, stable, but um, and um, like I said, we have started the paddle tennis company now. But uh, I have a um, I have a new girlfriend. I uh, divorced in 2000, just before the Sydney Olympics. But now I have a new girlfriend here in Oslo. I have two daughters, uh, Caroline. She's 26. 
she's living here in Oslo, and Christina, 29, she's living in Sheen. And uh, those are f- f- with my former wife, and uh, they are living in uh, two different cities, but I also travel between those two cities. Uh, I live now mostly in Oslo, but my home city is Sheen, mm-hmm. uh, Skien, that's uh, almost two hours south of Oslo. So I travel in between those cities uh, to be with uh, my family also in Skien. And um, my two daughters, they played a little bit volleyball when I was younger, but in my city, the, the, there wasn't that many teams or clubs, so they didn't focus so much on volleyball. Mm-hmm. But I mostly spent, uh, or I spent most of my time here in Oslo now. And um, my hobbies, I like to play golf. And um, now I'm watching on TV the Players' Championship from the U.S. Oh, yeah. You think, is Lee Westwood going to pull it off today at 48 years old? Like, what did he have? A two-stroke lead, I think, coming into the day, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I have guessed uh, Bryson is going to win uh, win it. Okay. But like I said, in beach volleyball, I, I'm, I'm fascinated about players who are doing the things that no one other does. And I like um, the approach that Bryson has to the sport. He has developed the sport. He he has changed his clubs, and he's hitting so hard. And he's he's playing like no one else does. And uh, he's uh, he's one of my favorite golf players. So I think, and I hope that he will win today. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, I, this reminds me uh, when I mentioned to Sinjin Smith that I was going to be um, lucky enough to interview you. He has said, you know what? Ask. Ask uh, Jan about the time he went golfing with uh, Coach Al Skates and myself, and what his golf grip was like on the golf on the golf club. So I don't know if it was your first time on a golf course, and you were like me, and you were like you know swinging with one hand backhanded with it, like Happy Gilmore. I don't know. Let's hear the story. No, <laughs> I. I have my own grip on the golf. Uh, I, I have the re- reverse grip uh, when I play golf. My, I, I'm right-handed, but my right uh, arm uh, or, or hand is uh, above my left arm uh, on my <laughs> golf club. So uh, I'm, I'm six foot seven. I play with two gloves on my hand. It doesn't look good, but I do it my way. I've been playing golf Just like volleyball. <laughs> Yeah, I've been playing golf like that for, um, yeah, 30 years. But, and it, it works for me, but I, uh, my hand, golf handicap is 12. Um, I'm not that great, but I'm not bad either. But mm-hmm. um, I've been playing like that for, uh, for many, many years. Um, um, so I, I do it my way. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> I love it. And you're hitting the ball 500 yards like uh, DeChambeau, too, with that grip. The, the os- we'll call it the Norwegian grip. Um, all right. Well, I think that pretty much covers everything that we had set out to uh, accomplish with this interview. So I, I really want to thank you. It was uh, very... Uh, it was interesting to hear the different perspectives on the FIVB and um, you know the things that you've uh, accomplished and and done and um, I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. Um, 
I'm a big fan of you Swedes and uh, Norwegians between the band Ghost now and you and Bjorn. Those are my two favorite countries now outside of the U.S. <laughs> so thanks. I appreciate it, buddy. This wraps up our four-part interview with Jan Kvalheim. Hope you enjoyed it. I want to say what a privilege it's been to get to know Jan over the last couple months while doing these interviews. I didn't know him personally prior to this, just about his accolades in the sport over the decades. And I have to say he's one of the nicest, most down-to-earth, humblest, and personable individuals I've had the pleasure of speaking with. Not to mention the fact that he speaks English better than most of us here in America. <laughs> also, he and his beach volleyball partner, Bjorn Maside, have recently gone into business together and now have several paddle tennis facilities that they've been constructing all across Norway with more to come. So if you get a chance, make sure to make a visit to them. Is uh, Who knows, you might be able to see two of uh, Norway's biggest volleyball studs in history. Thanks, Jan. I really appreciate it. And thanks for listening. Take care.